It's Monday, 9pm. You've had a long day, and all you want to do is watch the bake-off and gobble up M&Ms like a hungry, hungry hippo. Then you remember tomorrow's the day you release your next podcast episode, and you have nothing recorded. The camera crash zooms in on your face as a single bead of sweat rolls down a cheek. Then you remember... You scheduled your episode last week and everything's set to auto-publish at midnight. You relax, rip open the bag of sweets and prepare to lose yourself in Paul Hollywood's Azure Eyes. Welcome to The Helpful Podcaster. I'm Mark Stedman and I'm here to help you, the seasoned, soulful entrepreneur, build trust and create long-lasting, rewarding relationships with your listeners. So that little vignette at the top of the show has been played out around the world probably for as long as there's been anything to publish on the internet at a regular cadence. It represents a really important inflection point in your work, though, because it gives you a choice. Either you think, bah, who will even notice if I skip a week and flip on the telly, or you say, nope, I said I'd publish every Tuesday, so that's what I'm going to do, damn it, and haul yourself off the sofa. Neither of those options is great, to be honest. On the one hand, it's not really about whether your audience will notice or care. It's about building that creative shipping habit. The more episodes you skip or delay, the easier it is for that to become the new habit. Then a few months go by and you remember you used to have a podcast. And then there's the begrudging, oh, okay, then guess I better put out an episode option. You might disagree, but... I'd rather someone show up with something good and valuable or not show up at all. Plus, that kind of thinking is a way of brewing resentment towards your practice, which makes it easier to justify skipping a week. So, how can we avoid being forced up against a publishing deadline with seemingly nothing to upload? We can put a system in place, something like a safety net that's got our back for those days when you just can't even right now. We need a single source of knowledge that can be our outboard brain for the podcast, keeping track of everything from recording links, guest contact details, notes, descriptions, photos, bios, even social media assets. To put something like that in place, we need a combination of tools and technique. Firstly, we need to decouple our episode production from our release schedule. This is particularly easy if you have a guest-based podcast. And even if you release weekly, there's nothing that says you can't book in a few recordings in a single week. If your show runs on guest interviews, start by setting up a Calendly account. There are other services, but Calendly is reliable and easy to use. You can hook it up to Zapier, the automation tool, so that when someone books a slot to be a guest on your show, you can kick off a workflow at your end. For me, that workflow would involve adding a new entry to my database in Notion. If you prefer, you could get it to add a card in Trello or a new row in a Google spreadsheet. What's important is that you capture everything you need to publish an episode in one place. Notion's great for this because you can build your own database and define what fields you want in it. So I can have a field for the guest's name, another for their email address, one for the recording date, and another for the release date. 
everything in Notion is a page that can exist on its own or as part of a database. In the same way that everything in Trello is a card that you move from one column to another. So here you can have structured data with a rigid format and space to write notes and brainstorm. So every time someone books a guest slot on your show using your Calendly link, Zapier passes that info from Calendly over to Notion. Now you're ready to start researching your episode. Again, Notion makes this really easy to do. There's a browser extension called the Notion Web Clipper, which lets you add links to stuff you see on the web with just a click or two. So as you're browsing Wikipedia articles or watching TED Talks related to your guest, you can pop them all into the Notion page for that episode. Tidy those notes up as you go and start structuring your episode using the atomic interview format I talked about in episode 21. Calendly can help you keep your guests in the loop too, sending out reminders in case they forget to turn up or they're not using a calendar. The monsters, who doesn't use a calendar? Anyway, you can personalise these emails so it doesn't feel like they're being sent by a robot. And in that email, you can give your guest everything they need to know to sound their best. If you're using a tool like Riverside or Squadcast, you can walk them through how it works and what to do if they can't hear you. If you're recording on Zoom, you can guide them through the options for getting the best audio quality. But most importantly, if you're recording remotely, you can ask them to wear headphones. You can do all this in the email or set up a secret page on your website with all the info that they need. You can ask your guest for a photo and a bio and upload those to your Notion page as well. Pro tip on that, by the way. Always ask for a photo from the guest rather than search Google Images it's quite possible they won't have the rights to the image you use, and more importantly, they might not like it. I know this because I've fallen afoul of it before. Okay, so once the episode's recorded and the raw audio is uploaded somewhere, who needs to deal with it? If you're working with an editor, you can ping them inside Notion and let them know where the audio files are. Uh, if you're editing the show yourself, now is a great time to schedule in a bit of time to handle the editing. That's time you guard just the same as you would a client meeting. And so finally, you have your finished MP3 file. You probably already know this, but your media host will let you set the release date of your episode to any point in the near or distant future. They'll be uploaded and ready to go, but they won't be published on your feed, which means apps like Apple and Spotify won't get them. Now, depending on who's involved in your podcast, you might have some social media assets you can add to your Notion page. Uh, clips, audiograms, quote posts for Instagram, that sort of thing. Create a new subheading in your episode's Notion page and add those things in. The more the merrier. Once the episode's due for release, all you have to do now is email your guest to thank them for their time and copy and paste a bunch of info from your Notion page. Things like the web page for your episode, any clips you have that make them look good, uh, maybe even a sample LinkedIn post that they can copy and paste. Okay. Well, thanks for all that, Mark. Uh, that sounds wonderfully complicated and cumbersome, uh, not to mention expensive. Well, hold your horses there, nameless voice in my head that expresses all my doubts and fears. It might not actually be as tricky as all that. Let's get into it after this. What we're talking about with all this automation stuff isn't all that technical or difficult. 
the most you might have to do is copy a piece of info from one box on a web page to another. The rest is just lots of clicking. Firstly, you'll need a Zapier account, that's Z-A-P-I-E-R, which you can get for free. You'll need a Calendly professional subscription, which is currently 12 bucks a month. Now, that's a bit steep, but it makes other aspects of your scheduling life a lot easier. So I find it's worth the bill for the ease it creates in my life. In Zapier, you'll create what they call a Zap, which is a series of steps that trigger when something happens. The interface is actually pretty easy, and it'll guide you through most of the steps. So all you have to do is fill in a few key details. And if you ever get stuck, you can join our free community or you can book a one-to-one call with me and we can work out the finer details. I promise you, putting a system like this in place makes it way easier to juggle multiple episodes at various stages in the production process. I do this for all the clients that I serve. If I didn't, I'd miss deadlines. And I never miss deadlines. I did this when I only had my own podcast to edit because, frankly, I've got other stuff going on and I want to keep my head clear and not stress about the next episode I've got to ship. You can do all of this as far in advance as you feel comfortable, but the key is to decouple the production aspect from the release. Build in that flex so that there are some weeks where you can book two or more recordings and go on holiday the next, knowing that the robots have got the distribution of your next episode covered. After all, that's the passive income dream, right? Like I said, if you need a hand with any of this stuff, you can pose a question in the free Helpful Podcasters community space or book a one-to-one session with me. You'll find everything you need for that at thehelpfulpodcaster.com slash join. Happy automating, and let's do this together. <laughs>